Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is your Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, afternoon, it's evening. It's half seven at night. Um, yeah, hi, Fergus from Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Welcome to another podcast. This is episode 151. Um, joined by some of our regulars and some uh, guys who haven't been on for a little while. Uh, Dan Potts, uh, the ever-present Dan Potts, who is everywhere and anywhere. Uh, Dan, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, mate. I'm loving the name of the pod, by the way. Um, I think it's a great, great shout, and it's very uh, fitting that we have uh, an Irishman hosting for this game. So thanks for having me on, mate. No worries, no worries. Uh, Scunny Mike, how are you, mate? Yeah, good mate, good. It was a great start to the show. Good afternoon, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. <laughs> and uh, somebody who's doing something from November, um, Johnny from the North Bank. No, he's not from um, a, a, a the Blue Oyster Bar or anything like that. He's doing this for charity, <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. That's all right. All yeah, in a good cause. Everything. Yeah. Every bro needs a mow or something like that, isn't it? I, 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 Ow, I, I never know what that full phrase is. I'm no good with that. The only one I know at the moment is because it's drummed in. What's that? I said, ouch, that was harsh, mate. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I said, the only catchphrase I know at the moment is hands, face, space. I'm just sick of it, you know. But, hey, listen, we didn't, we didn't have a preview show on Sunday before the Man City game, uh, which disappointed Trevor. Uh, immensely, and Trevor couldn't make it today because he's had a water leak uh, indoors, so he's not a very happy bunny. Uh, but on well, Saturday night, I, had a I was going to say, a water leak indoors <laughs> or <laughs> old age, Pel- pe- pelvic floor uh, exercises, I think is what they say, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I'd, I had an awful kebab on Saturday night, and I had two days of awful food poisoning i spent the whole day on sunday in bed watching bloody football and football with no crowds honestly it was absolutely dreadful what we are going to look at today um we will touch back on the last europa league game against uh rapid vienna uh, we'll look at the game uh the weekend against city but we're not going to dwell on them hugely uh, and then we're going to look ahead to uh, the game that we've got tomorrow night uh with dundalk should be a quite a concise show um, yeah, so uh, let's probably look at let's look at the, the the Vienna game and the Vienna game. Not necessarily like the lineup on on that side of things is is, is what I'm thinking about. It was Party's uh, debut, and we also started uh, with Leno, which are the two question marks I had on that. Uh, no, Ron uh, Aronson or Macy getting getting a shout in. Mike, what what did you make of the goalkeeping situation in that sense? I don't know. I thought it was going to be expected. Leno was going to get more game time, to be honest. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Runnison's quite up to speed or standard yet, I wouldn't have thought. I think he'd probably need a bit more time in the training camp, uh, learning from the coaches a bit more before he started the game. So I, 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 okay. I just assumed it'd be Leno anyway, to be honest. Okay. John, did you think that one of the, the the squad keepers would have would have stepped in in that situation. No, to be honest, I expected Leno. Um, I mean, all the criticism has been levelled his way recently in the comparison with the departed Martinez. 
I think he just needed a easy game for him to build his confidence, but obviously that didn't go as well as we hoped. Okay, I, myself, Dan, correct me. Did you would you not have thinking that even Macy? Why is he there otherwise? Why wouldn't he have got at least a shout out? I don't think he was even no on the bench. Quota. That's what. That's all the reason why he's there. <laughs> It is bizarre, isn't it? I think, mm. listen, we have certainly weakened this position without a doubt. We had two goalkeepers in Leno and Martinez and one of them had to go. I think the reason I wasn't shocked is just for the pure fact that Runnison hasn't kicked a ball yet. And I think that he's uh, seeing Leno as the safer pair of hands. And as Johnny mentioned, it wasn't a great game for Leno. Um, but I, I wouldn't say I was shocked. I was happy to see Gabriel and party. Um, Gabriel's the only solid defender that we've got consistently. Um, so as far as the team news was was concerned, I was happy with them too. Um, expected to see El Nenny. I think he's the kind of backup, and some were questioning why because he's actually looking better than Chaka. Uh, but uh, not overly shocked with the team news because we're seeing the squad being rotated in certain games, but still a fairly strong ish side. I think Arteta's taken this competition seriously in the Europa League, and rightly so. I think it's probably one of our better chances of, of silverware this year from what I'm seeing in the league. So, yeah, not too shocked by the team performances in terms of the goalkeeper. I think that Leno will probably be our Europa League goalkeeper throughout. OK. Um, again, the game is a week ago, so it, it, it's very old history. It's been done on every podcast, left, right and centre. But um, it was a very important game in the sense that it was our... Uh, more or less deadline day signing parties full debut. Um, Dan, I'll start with you, and then we'll work our way around. What What did you make of party's um, first um, debut performance? <laughs> so I'm just laughing because it looks like Matt, Manny has joined Sorry. us. <laughs> Scotty's, Scotty's got Manny's profile as his avatar. Brilliant. <laughs> Should remove him for the minute. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, I think the two best players on the pitch were Thomas Partey and uh, and Gabriel, and luckily there are two best players. I think that you could probably say that for most uh, the, the, the last few games, if I'm honest with you. Um, happy to see Partey. We all wanted to see what he could bring to the table, and straight away he's got more mobility than both Chaka and Elneny. He seems to have a lot more technique than uh, a lot of people gave him credit for because everyone seemed to think he was just this enforcer that was just going to be this beast in the anchor of midfield. But we can see him going backwards and forwards a lot more box to box. I'm not so sure the system has suited him of late, if I'm honest, the first few games, but I'm hoping that things will change and Arteta will start to find some solutions for him to look a lot more creative in that midfield because out of the three uh, midfielders that we believe are the first choice in Chaka Sabah party. I actually think he's probably the most creative, um, which is bizarre. But I was a huge fan of Thomas Party uh, as the signing, and it was good to see him in an Arsenal shirt. And I think it's going to take him a couple of games, but he is he is already ready-made. You know, he's not going to need a few games to get his technical ability up. He's just going to need a couple of games to mould into the side. And once he does that, I think we've got a great player on our hands. So I think that when we look at what he can bring to Arsenal, it does excite me because I think he ticks a lot of boxes. I just think that the way we're playing at the moment is going to be hard for Messi to play well in our side. It's uh, it's very, very tough at the moment to watch Fergus. It really is. Mm. 
Well, and listen, it was it, the game itself was a very dull game. Uh, the first half was awful. I think we should have taken better control. Uh, Johnny, what did you make of the referee? He it was it felt like it was Christmas. He was dished out, I think, eight cards uh, before half time. Yeah, he was throwing them out like confetti, confetti. So I just felt like he he saw himself on the big stage and wanted to make a show of himself. Hmm. Hmm. Mike, we have to bring out the big guns in the second half. Well, you've got the goal. And, and unfortunately, the stream I had uh, for watching the game crashed at that very moment in time. Probably fortunate because I would probably put my phone through the bloody uh, television or whatever. Um, do you want to talk us through the goal? What happened between uh, Louise and Leno, uh, two players that you quite like? Uh, well, this is going to be difficult. I didn't get to watch the game. <laughs> okay. That's all. Okay, well, they, okay that's my, fine. Stream didn't, my stream didn't work. I haven't got BT Sports because I refuse to pay that much money on uh, per month because uh, I've just because I'm with Sky. So no, I didn't actually get to watch the game and the stream yeah. itself. Didn't you know? I just want working. Lucky for me you, Scunny. Lucky, lucky I keep you, Scunny. Hearing, lucky keep hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what did you make the goal then? Definitely on it. <laughs> Say again, okay. folks. What did you make of the goal then, Dan? What did you make of the goal then, Dan? <clears throat> well, I think listen, the, the the situation with Leno is getting frustrating, isn't it? Because the fans have all gone into meltdown about us signing, uh, sorry, selling Martinez, and I think that a lot of the Arsenal fans are waiting for Leno to make a mistake so they can say, I told you so. They just want to be proven right that Martinez should have stayed. And I think that's the wrong way to go about it. If this was a Chaka or a Mustafi who's consistently making errors for four seasons plus, I'd get on their backs. But Leno has been our most consistent performer for the last two seasons. And although he has not been as good as Martinez of, the, of late, I can't get on his back unless he's going to consistently make errors. Now, if Leno is going to start to lose a bit of confidence and and make an error once every 10 games, that's fine by me because goalkeepers make errors. If Leno's going to consistently make passbacks or uh, bad clearances or poor command of area or lack of co co collecting crosses every single week, then of course I'm going to get onto the back of Leno because it would be a consistent bad performance. The goal was a shambles, if I'm honest with you. I don't think the passing back around was great for Leno, if I'm honest with you. I don't think the pass backs would have been great for him. So um, I don't think it was the easiest thing um, in the world for him to be controlling, but he needs to be doing better. Uh, and the problem was, Ferg, it weren't just that. It was a couple of errors after that as well, which it just could see his confidence was shot down. And people mm. are buzzing if they think that goalkeepers don't, get on social media or don't hear the stuff that has been said about Martin is better than you. You can't catch crosses. We'll wait and see. That's going to affect him. You know, people think they haven't got social media or there's no fans in the stadium. So they don't hear what the fans actually think. Of course they do. Everyone's got a mobile phone. Everyone's got social media. So I think we just need to get off the back of those players and ask questions to the ones that deserve to be uh, receiving criticism. I wonder how many uh, fans um, highlighted the fact that uh, Emmy had a had a mayor for Villa for his first game. Uh, Thank you. Did, did you mention it about that? Did you mention it about That's, that, Dan? It's unbelievable, isn't it? You know, because I I went straight on WhatsApp and said, "Listen, Emmy Martinez has made a mistake. Let's all get on his back." But no, no one was interested because he doesn't play for Arsenal, and it just makes that point, doesn't it? That 
if it's okay if it's an Arsenal player making an error, we can all go mental. But when De Gea or when Martinez or any other ex-Arsenal player, for that fact, that makes a mistake is absolutely fine. There's no worries about it. He was still better and we're still right. And that was why I was a bit frustrated with it. Listen, we turned it around. We didn't play well. Yeah, you know, Aubameyang and Bellerin did pretty well when they came on and we won the game. Like, So it's great stuff. But the overall performance was poor. And I think with Leno... Let's just try and get behind the, the kid and try and give him some confidence because he's clearly low. And that's what we need to be doing with players that don't make consistent errors like some of the others in our team that Arsene Wenger signed that are still getting in the side. Sorry, I had to uh, put up this chat coming from old man Trev. He He's obviously still seething and got water leaking everywhere because he's he's got Arteta hour, which I think is means Arteta out, party out, Gabrielle out up the Arsenal. Sarcasm is one of your best parts, <laughs> Mr. Absolutely. Uh, also, check your chat. Um, do you want a gin glass or a, or a pint glass? You'll know what I'm talking about, uh, uh, Trev. Um, listen, we had to make some impact subs. It, it was quite worrying that we had to make impact subs. Um, and it took a performance from Bellerin. Uh, John, you'll know that. I have been a huge critic of, of Bellerin over the years on, on this podcast about his crossing ability. He couldn't cross himself in church is a, a phrase I've used time and time and time again. But he had a good game. But we made five subs uh, between the 60th minute and the 90th minute. And we did get goals from Louise, uh, who's uh, performed well against City, which we'll start to go into as well. Uh, and a goal from Aubameyang, which uh, we haven't had for a while. What, what do you reckon, John? I think the, the subs were needed, though, weren't they? We were stagnant and were not showing any creativity. But Bellerin's performance, he's been defensively better this season than he has the last couple of seasons. I think his, his defensive capabilities have been getting better under more coaching from Arteta. So, yeah, he's getting better. Um, I still think Maitland-Niles is, is the better option in that position. Um but in this particular game, a lot of chopping and changes was needed just to rejuvenate the, the squad because you could see once the goal went in, their heads dropped and they needed to kick up the backside. So mm. the big guns had to come out. They had no choice. Arteta had no choice. He had to give them a kick up the arse. You know, uh, bring on, a, uh, I mean, like someone like Willock is dependent, dependable, brought in on some energy and so on. Um, it would have been nice to have not had to have done that and not, you know, to have taken our chances earlier in the game. Um, hey, Saki McCarthy. <laughs> um, listen, uh, we had goals from Louise. We had goals from Aubameyang. Uh, man of the match for me against Rapid was was um, Gabriel. He had 90 minutes on the pitch, 119 touches, 88 of them accurate. Accurate. Uh, uh, eight accurate long balls, four interceptions, ten, uh, won ten duels out of fourteen, six, uh, three tackles, eight possession gains, and five clearances. Consistent, a great signing. We saw him against City. Uh, I thought, uh, Mike, against City, I thought he probably was our best player on the pitch. Would you? Would you agree? I can't argue with that. Mm. That's all. Uh, I, and 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 I think he he adds. Where where you've got failings around your mate Mustafi, 
Um, Louise, who uh, once we lost Louise, uh, we lost all creativity in that first half once he went off uh, against City. Um, but he just adds a little bit of steel uh, to our back to our back four and our, our back three, back five, whatever, whatever uh, formation we're playing. Um, how how would you how do you rate that signing in 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 um, Gabriel then, uh, Mike? Uh, so far, so good for me. Uh, I'm not going to put too much on him because he's only just started. Um, we're only just signing this season, but everything's looking good so far for me. So, yeah, definitely hell of a signing, and that's all I can say about that at the minute. I don't want to put, you know, I mean, I, I won't go to say uh, putting too much pressure on him. I think he's, he's learning well at the minute. He's doing really well in the setup that we've got at the moment, whereas. As Dan has mentioned before, others are failing massively in the, this setup that we're on. So it's it is is the only one who's doing really well, and it's something that we've long needed for a long, long time. Is a good, solid, big defensive uh, defensive player. So yeah, I, I hope it comes and good as, and I hope he stays consistent. As a central defender, he's doing a good job from what the little we've seen of him, and and th- th- those stats prove he's consistent, and that's what you need. Um, who would you pair alongside him? We he had Louise alongside him in a four, and he was okay uh, with Louise. Like Louise was okay, I meant alongside Gabriella. They, they seemed to balance quite well. Uh, Mustafi, um, I know you're not a huge fan, but he didn't do too much wrong in that game, did he? Uh, did Mustafi play in the Man City game? Yeah, he That's came lovely. on for Louise, didn't he? No, sorry, Socrates. No, that was last game, wasn't it? Socrates. No, Socrates isn't Anthony. even mentioned. He's not even no, in the. Okay. Uh, he's not even the twenty-five man squad. I'm confused there. I what, thought we were talking about the Leicester City game. Uh, yeah, are we talking about Leicester or Man no. City? Sorry, Leicester. So I, did I say Man City? You did Leicester, say Man City. I, I was going to say it's like, what's going on? <laughs> right, Leicester, it's Leicester. It, it, right, if we're going to go Sunday, I would stick with David Luiz at the moment. Mustafi, well, the uh, let's face it, um, he didn't really do well for the goal, did he? Like, you know, he didn't even stick with his man for a start. Vardy's a quick guy. Don't get me wrong, but Mustafi was still looking to see where the ball went. You know, after he'd gone in the goal. So yeah, it, for me, no. Not not Mustafi at all. I think Mustafi's done personally, uh, regardless of how well he did, you know, during Project Restart. And I, no, no, I'm sorry, it is done. So I'd it, personally, I'd stick with Louise for now. See how he gets on with Louise. Uh, it's just unfortunate Louise is uh, taking an injury. So other than yeah, that, the next two games. yeah. So other than that, I, that? I don't know. It's uh... go on, Johnny. I said, yeah, but, uh, Louise is out for. Dundalk and the Man United game, so right. he's going to have to play someone there. And well, Mustafi- it will be it will be Mustafi because Socrates and Saliba are in the twenty-five man squad. Well, Saliba can come in because he's under twenty-one. Yeah, but he's not yeah, been Saliba- in the Premier League, Premier League team, has he? Doesn't matter. He's under twenty-one. He can still come in and play. The thing is with Mustafi though, he, came oh, no, he, he can't come into the Europa team. That's right. Sorry, I've got mixed up there. He can't that's go into the Europa team. So many regulations. It's hard to keep track yeah. of them all. Yeah, that's it. So. We came in after what a couple of games, a couple of days training after coming back from injury. Yeah, so he wasn't well, fully fit. He came no, in at the last minute because somebody else got got injured. No, that's so that's, that's fair. That's fair. I've I just it's Mustafi. You know, it, it's never going to change. I'm just shocked that he didn't slide on his ass in the Man City game in the Leicester game. 
See, I'm getting confused now. Cheers, Fergus. <laughs> I think well, uh, we'll just call it, it, it's because it's a game. city game. That's what that, that's why I got confused. So Leicester City. Now, listen, Dan. If you if you look at the city game, I've never played football. Okay, at any sort of level, bar school player playground level. Okay, I I don't profess to be an expert in football. I've said it to you guys before. I'll do this hosting and everything else, and I can talk about football down the pub, and I can have a, a, an opinion and everything else. And my opinion was I saw Brendan Rodgers turn up with Jamie, Va um, Jamie Vardy on, on the bench, who was coming back from two or three weeks of an injury. And because he was on the bench, you knew he was coming on for a half hour, 20 minutes at the end. They were going to sit deep, sit deep. What do you do? Mm, we're at the Emirates. Let Arsenal kick the ball around the middle of the park. We'll stick 10 men behind the ball or even nine men behind the ball. And, you know, we'll, we'll let them push up and we'll take them on the break. I, I actually think, and we'll talk about the uh, the, 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 the Shaka offside as well in a minute, but I think they even planned, and the BN11, because I wouldn't pay Sky 15 quid, uh, the, the, the BN11 um, commentators had said that Leicester have come here with a plan and they are even, even planning to come back from a 1-0. They came for a point, so a 1-0 would have been fine for them. What did you think? It, it just... It just went like you would expect it to go, don't you, Dan? Easiest managerial experience of Brendan Rodgers' career so far, wasn't it? I mean, it was just so embarrassing how easy it was. You look at the, what he did in midfield and, and defence and just said, listen, just be compact. Do not let Arsenal score. They'll need 12 chances before they get one. And we'll get one chance and we'll score that chance because we've got Jamie Vardy on the bench. We're 20... Three shots on goal in the first half. Okay, two on target, but twenty-three shots. We were all it's, over. When you, when you say two on target or twenty-three, that just makes it sound even worse. And this is the problem we've got at the moment with our front three being out of form. It's not just one of them is out of form. You know, people can sit there and slag off Aubameyang all they want, but you've got Lacazette, Willian, and Pepe that don't have a clue what they're doing either. You know, the one of them was playing a false nine the other day. It was getting that bad. So I think when you look at it, I believe at the moment. Our lack of balance in midfield and lack of creativity is affecting the front foot, the front three. Saying that, there is a certain amount of creativity which the front four are failing to, to capitalise on. And we saw it against Manchester City with Saka's chance, which was a great save from Edison. We saw it with Aubameyang, who actually was onside for that chance. Great save from Edison. We saw it with Lacazette at Anfield. Wasted the chance. Alisson saved it. So we are getting those chances, but we're not taking them. And we saw it yet again on Sunday evening with Lacazette heading a ball from three yards, which was a great cross from Tierney, which people were slating, saying it was too fast and at his chest. I thought that is, if you can't get that in, you tell me that Eddie would have missed that even, or Aubameyang would have missed that. I don't believe personally we have the player in Lacazette that everybody is hoping for. He's on 182 grand a week and his contract's running out, no which means we either sell him no, no, no. Just listen. If you if you sell him, if you sell him, if you sell him, uh, sign him as a new contract. That means he's going to be on over two hundred thousand pounds a week. If that's what you believe he's worth, then you're buzzing because at the moment the guy is scoring goals and playing terribly. So when say people say he's on fire, 
because he scored the last three goals in the last three games. I can't see what he is bringing to the table. His work rate is no longer, I don't think, as good. Mentally, I don't see him as good. He doesn't hold up the ball anymore. He gives away the most ridiculous fouls in the most dangerous of places. And he can't keep control of the ball. And that's why he's given away those fouls. Mentally, he's not been the same since after Baku. And I think that that's a massive issue now. Play Aubameyang down the damn middle for the for goodness sake. Because at the moment, we're looking at Aubameyang and we're saying, you're no good. You're fine out on the left. You are fine out on the left if the number nine striker is scoring 20 goals a season. He's not. So the before only we, player we've before, got that can play there is him now because Eddie isn't quite ready. Before we go, before we go into Aubameyang down the middle, uh, just finishing off on Lacazette. And I'll leave this open to whoever wants to jump in on this. Um, and John, you've been quiet. Uh, as well so feel free to pipe up but uh, you talk about uh, we talked about I remember a podcast I don't know if it was video or audio where we talked about the Palace game in the mint green when um, uh, uh, Ozil chucked his shirt and all that uh, that that particular game uh, Palace away and and people were talking about Lacazette and gone his work rate his work rate his work rate he always puts so much into in, into games I thought his attitude on Sunday evening, I, because I was ill, I didn't even have a bottle of beer. So uh, I, I was able to watch that game and actually with a clear head, which is a really, really surreal experience for me watching football. <laughs> you should try it one day. Um, the, 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 I thought his attitude was awful. He was diving into tackles. He was waving his arms around and bitching and moaning more than Gwendozi which I moaned about. The, the, Gwendozi had youth on his side as an excuse. Lacazette doesn't have use of that. I thought his attitude was appalling. Um, how he stayed on the pitch is lucky. We'll talk about Bellerin as well afterwards. But how he stayed on the pitch, he could have had four or five yellow cards. Who wants to come back at me on that? No, I completely agree with you. His attitude, his mental state has not been right for quite some time. And it's. I think Arteta's trying to play him out of his funk. He's trying to get, you know, it's, it's when you're going through a bit of fog when you're driving, you've got to keep going to get to the other side of it. I think Arteta's trying to do that, but I don't think he's doing himself or the team any favours by doing that. I think he needs to just drop him. Just drop him, put him on the bench. Just put him on the bench and then bring him on to uh, for some relief and uh, he, give him that, like the last 20 minutes. Or something. He'd done that before. Well, he's not he'd being consistent. That That's the thing. Arteta he, isn't keeping a consistent lineup. We haven't. We, we can't develop chopping any and chasing, in it. Chopping and changing. Yeah, chopping and changes. I, I think uh, Dan was saying on his uh, other podcast, we haven't had a consistent run of games where we can develop Dan partnerships. So you, Gabriel has got to have a partner, and that really should be Saliba or Holding or someone like that, and actually say, right, you're going to have ten games at least to play together and keep the consistent fr- uh, eleven. Just consistent 11. And now we've got Party is a missing piece. Got Gabriel is a missing piece. They should all play consistently every game. Play Tierney, play Gabriel, etc. And have and actually make take advantage of the fact we've got one of the best young talents in the whole world right now in Saka. He's in the golden boy list for a reason. Keep him playing mm-hmm. on the left where he's, be- he's best suited. He can play anywhere. That's because he's a top-level player and he will be world-class. But at this present time, he's best suited to playing down the left. Play him down the left, a Bamiyang down the middle, and play one of the other accoutrements down the right-hand side, whether it be Pepe or Willian. Whereas we're playing so much for Willian, you might as well pay him. 
The thing is, the reason he's chopping and changing it, though, is because of the fact that he literally is scratching his head out here. He doesn't know what to do with his side because a lot of them aren't good enough. So a lot of people get frustrated by him chopping changing. I think he's trying to find what best suits it. At the moment, he has to stop that now and go, right, Pepe, Aubameyang, Saka, you're my front three. And that's my front three for the next four games. Let's see what happens there. And this is what he's got to try and do now is make a decision and be decisive. I want to see solutions. And that's what I'm going to be judging on Arteta on over the next coming games. Getting mm. the right combination Mike, in the you, team you is like trying to solve a Rubik's Cube. You can keep going and think, oh, this keep turning, keep turning. I don't know what I'm doing until you actually try and be consistent and actually know what you're doing. You ain't going to solve the problem. Agreed, agreed. Mike, you shook your head um, when Dan suggested play Aubameyang down the middle. Why? Right, well, first of all, their sky's 15 quid. <laughs> yep. Second of all, uh, and I just wanted to get that in there. And <laughs> and that's there's 15 quid for the next one as well that I know they're trying to do. Right. I don't think Aubameyang's going to work down the middle of this system. It's not. It's going to make no difference whatsoever. He's, he's a... He's a runner onto the ball and being played down the middle in our team at this moment in time just will not work. It's not working for anyone. And in the last game, I saw everyone saying about creativity and everything else in our team at the minute. I saw quite a lot of creativity, especially in the first half against Leicester. The problem I'm finding at the minute is the forwards aren't doing their job. They're not. I don't care if it's a Bamiyang, like Dan was saying, a Bamiyang, any of them, not one of them are good enough right now to get into that team. It shouldn't be in there. We need goal scorers. Not one of them is producing. No one's no one's scoring goals. But it worked at Dortmund. It's... That we're not Dortmund. It's Dortmund not this different thing altogether. It's not. It's not a twenty-three to twenty-five-year-old player anymore. He's a thirty-two-year-old player. He's got to be played where he's going to be more effective in that way. He wants. He said he likes playing on the left. He wants to play on the left. Leave him. Let him get on with it. If that's where he wants to be, let him do it. The problem I've got with Aubameyang at the minute is I'm finding him very, very lazy at the moment in time. And I can see why he's probably being a bit lazy at this moment I don't, in time. I don't think he was 100% well. I don't think he was 100% well on Sunday. Not, no, 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 no. Let's get, no. Excuses. No, that's just excuses. If he's not very well, stay off the pitch. Let someone else play who is well, who can put, push balls forward. It, that's no excuse if he's unwell or not. You know, it's, it's just... It, I'm just finding it really difficult. It's time to really think to myself, why is, you know, is, is Aubameyang our best player? No, he's not. I don't think any of them at this minute in time, I can't pick one out to say, that is our best player. That is the guy who I want to go to. That is the guy who I see moving this team forward. He's not that person. Lacazette sure as hell isn't and, that person. And like Dan was saying, you, 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 he's, just, he's, he's a 20-minute you're, you're pointing all the blame at the forward line. You're saying that they didn't do well, anything. Why, and why is it not our... the forward line? No, 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 no. This, this is the, uh, uh, it's a question I've got to you. So the reason the all forward right. line isn't isn't really working is because there was no creativity. The only creativity that came out of that side was went off at 52 minutes or whatever it was. Was David Luiz? We had two or three uh, no. fantastic no, balls. I don't went agree in, with that. Went in. Tierney was popping balls in all, all the constantly from that left hand side. You know, those balls coming in, coming in from, you know, uh, from, like you say, David Luiz. So there is, there's, there's balls going there. The, the creativity is pushing forward. It's getting there. Like you said, we had 23 chances on 
23 chances at goal and only two of them were actually on goal. That's terrible. How many, how many chances, how many, how many chances did Vardy take in that game? The way Leicester set up was in a complete block. He had three lines. He had a complete low block, which is almost impossible to break down with intricate passing. It needs over the top and cross uh, crossfield passing. What was Tierney we doing? Getting from Louise, <laughs> and we were getting it from Tierney. The yeah, reason exactly. why they were we were highlighting those things because they were the only things getting through. We couldn't play through the yeah, middle because we don't. Yeah, have, we're not playing is, with ten. We don't play with no ten creativity. So People are saying there's no creativity. The chances are there. They're just not taking them. Like I just said, we had 23 chances. Vardy came on. This is a guy who trained, like we said about Mustafi, he trained for like 10 minutes. He come on and put the goal against us. He took one chance. I'm just saying. I'm not saying, you know, everyone's saying Aubameyang is well up there in the Premier League to scoring goals and everything else. Vardy is exactly the same age. And he was the last. He was a golden boot scorer, a golden boot ever as well. You know, it's. I'm just sitting to death of everyone saying it's not the chance. It's, it's. Um, we're not creating the chances. The chances are getting there. We had 23 shots against the goal, or it two of them against uh, two of them on target. That's 23 chances. We, we, we've we've got a WhatsApp group which we chat on, and I'm on another WhatsApp group with another uh, group of Arsenal fans. Some have crossed over on various bits and pieces. And um, uh, when the lineup came out, uh, everybody was going nuts, going really pleased with the lineup, and that it was going to be a four three three. This is what Arteta's dream is, and this is why we're going to going to have a four three three. We we're going to see party have his debut uh against leicester city um not man city um against Le- leicester city um we got sabias and uh we got shaka so we got the two holding and you would have thought the sabias would have been slightly more forward dan do you want to do you do you want to talk about that that sort of midfield three and what did it offer us and did that restrict us it offered us nothing if i'm honest with you i mean we had all three players standing in a line and then we decided in the second half that Granite Chaka was going to play at left centre back. I, I just couldn't understand it, you know. I know. Listen, it's no shock that I'm going to have a go at Granite Chaka because he's a player that has no mobility, but also has no pace. And it proved that when uh, Chengizunga come on and he just completely, I mean, roasted him. It was embarrassing. When you look at the situation in midfield at the moment, I have not seen Danny Ceballos since Project Restart. And Sunday night was his worst performance in an Arsenal shirt. I, I lost count of how many times he gave the ball away. I thought he was really poor um, in transition. I thought he lacked knowledge and intelligence of where he was supposed to be playing. And party hardly touched the ball in comparison to Chaka. Now, everyone goes on about how great Chaka is and that everyone relies him, gives him the ball. What does he do when he gets that ball? One of two things. It goes sideways or it goes backwards. And, you know, I, I heard someone say uh, the other day that Granite Chaka is, is, is kind of Albanian for back, back sideways and backwards. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I, I laughed because I, like I thought that. it's so it's good that, that that is what it is. You know, he is that is all he can do with the football. He's got no athleticism. He's so mobile. He's slow you, on the ball. Do you remember us standing in, in the North Bank? Do you remember standing in the North Bank, first of all? And watching Aaron Ramsey play and we used to go sideways backwards there was a guy called Tommy Payne a real tall guy that used to stand beside yeah, a young yeah. fella I remember yeah. Tommy yeah and, yeah I remember and every every time Rambo kicked the ball forward we used to shout out knock on because he's a Welsh guy in rugby you know so <laughs> <laughs> but we the difference to... with that though 
The, the difference with that, though, Ferg, is that Ramsey would make those late runs into the box and he would cover every blade of grass. Granite, and he had a lot more athleticism than Granite Chaka will ever have. The problem I've got with Granite Chaka is that there is not, we are using a system to suit him. And that's why everyone believes Granite Chaka is now a good player because we're trying to use a system to fit him because he's the only one we've got at the moment. I would argue that El Nenny's playing better than him. And I would say that I'd give him a go. This is what I want to see as a solution. I want to see something different. And I agree with Scunny that Aubameyang down the centre, that might not work either. Yeah, but let's try it. Let's see it not work or let's see it given a go. Likewise, if that doesn't work, I'd rather see Pepe more use more centrally because he's so so predictable at the moment. And I don't understand what it is with him, but he has got so much about him at the moment that's going wrong with his skill, which I think's been great. Um, of of since he's come to Arsenal, he's definitely got a, a skillful uh, and and technical ability, but that's not being utilised at the moment. I think with with what we've got is a, a front four or five players that he's just chopping and changing every week because he really doesn't see what's working. We've seen Willian at false nine. We see Eddie coming on. We see Lacazette starting every single game. We see Aubameyang pushed out wide. Then we see Willian back on the right. Then Pepe comes back on the right. We see on the in the FA Cup final, Pepe coming more centrally playing well. We haven't seen him there since. We've seen Saka in a lot of different positions, who, by the way, at 19 years old, is our most threatening player, which says it all. So there is some problems there in that midfield, which I think he's preventing some of the some of the problems front at the, with the front men. But it isn't just the fact that the the front men aren't getting any any service because they are getting service because we're creating chances. We're just not taking them. So there's kind of the two we, we've got. We've gone kind of roll reverse or flip reverse it. We've gone to the stage where we can defend now, although we are still conceding and losing games. We are a lot more disciplined at the back, but we can't score for Toffee at the moment, and that is a huge issue. And one thing I want to say, lastly. Where is Maitland-Niles? <laughs> because I'm looking at this team at the moment with Bellerin in it, who I don't think has been as amazing as everyone keeps saying he's been. But when he doesn't play, Cedric plays. Maitland-Niles must be sitting there thinking, I should have gone to Wolves. I'll be playing every week there. I've, I've, I've showed loyalty. I've showed commitment. I'm a youngster who's come through the youth system. Arteta seems to rate me and like me. And I'm not even getting on the left-hand side of the back. We're playing that absolute no. clown, Kolasinac, ahead of him as well. I don't get where what's he's, what he's done wrong. Didn't Arteta have to put his arm around his shoulder and say, please stay, mate, and that sort of thing? Um, maybe, and there was talk about an attitude, attitude um, problem with him uh, a little bit earlier uh, this year, last season. I, I'm, I'm totally confused with where and what we are with football these days. But uh, he had some sort of attitude problem he does have a very laissez-faire sort of attitude the way he he, he carries himself he's very yeah, he's laid back very, he's pretty horizontal yeah. isn't he yeah yeah which i don't I think, think i don't think when he's out. taking penalties though isn't he <laughs> yeah, yeah, helps, yeah it helps him in that regard that's true but what i'll say about it is that if that is the case and he's still not happy with his attitude then why didn't he go to wolves because this is supposed to be a team that he wants he's the manager he's you know he's in charge of football affairs I was going to say, on, but Dan, you know, I mean, I'd have that attitude if I if I was getting played under, you know, uh, Suarez yeah. and Klasniak, I'd have an attitude if yeah. I was making dials. To be honest, I'd be turning up going, "What the fuck is the point?" Sorry, I'm yeah. swearing. I apologize, <laughs> but but that's what I, that's my that would be my attitude towards it. Like, what what is the point of me turning up to training? Why shouldn't I turn up late? I'm not going to get played in the next game because I'm behind these two muppets. That's um, not the attitude. Dan, that's, the thing. that's the attitude not to have. He should. He can carry on, train well, and then when the Muppets are Muppets and get dropped, he comes in and then shows everybody that he's quality. And that's what he did before, and that's what he'll do again. 
I think there's got to be something else going on because it's since he got his call up to the England squad, we haven't seen him. So I don't know whether he's come back and thinking he's uh, Charlie Big Potatoes since he got his call up to the England squad because England doesn't have a left back who Saka's has come back and played as normal. Saka's played, but you know it, it, that that's down to an aptitude of a player and a professionalism of a player. This is what I'm Saka's saying. Gone... If, if it is that he's come back from that England call up and thinks he's Charlie Big Potatoes, then fine, then drop him. As long as we know what's going on, it's the fact that we don't know. Uh, what's going and so it's all this conjecture but really we all know that in terms of that right wing back position I, I think nine eight or nine uh Arsenal fans out of ten would say Maitland Niles is probably the stronger player in that position over the last 18 months mm. one last thing to touch on on the game um three minutes in uh, I know we've jumped all around on this this one a little bit than than we normally do. Three minutes in, uh, Lacazette did score a goal, um, and it was disallowed, in my view, correctly by the linesman. It was dis- disallowed correctly by the linesman because, as I saw it on TV and from his view, I felt that Shaka got a touch on it, or he might have been impeding the keeper and so on. So I was I was happy with that decision by the lino. It went to VAR. And when you see the VAR angles on seven or eight different angles, Mike, did did you get to see this game, by the way, Mike? Yeah, I've just been talking about it, Fergus. That's all right. Just check it. Just check But when you see the seven or eight angles that, 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 that there are, you can clearly see that uh, Schmeichel has moved well away from, um, from Shaka. Shaka jumps over the ball. And, uh, you know, that goal should have stood. If that goal stood, forget about it, it's, it's done. Would the game have changed? Do you think Leicester would have changed their tactics? Yeah. Well, they'd have had no, to. I don't think they would have. I think they would have had to. They'd have definitely had to change their tactics. It may not have been until the second half to the change their tactics, but I honestly do feel that their tactics would have changed and the game would have opened up more, definitely, because, like you say, Rodgers was there to neither nick a point or Nick a win. So definitely would have had to change his tactics. Now, this is where it comes down to VAR again, doesn't it? How inconsistent VAR is and how crap the Premier League refs are. Yeah. Well, with that early goal, disallowed, allowed, whatever, let me let me let me talk through a scenario and you tell me whether I'm I'm talking out my ass. We score that goal, right? They still play in that low block because they know they can hit us on the break because we're gonna get that goal and then we're gonna go lift ourselves up a bit and think, oh, we've scored, we're winning and get a bit of confidence and then push on even more and then they can hit us on the break because they have players in there who can play really good passes like Tillemans did and um, really fast players in their squad like Vardy and Damari Gray and so on who can hit us on the break as we tired. It was always going to be that way. They Like Fergus said, it looked like they would have been happy with a point and us having one one goal, they're probably thinking it's only one nil. Unless they went down to two nil down, I don't think they would have changed their tactics. They would have just played know. out exactly the low block defensive um, barrage to stop us from getting any creativity through the centre of the park. And Johnny, that's why hardly anyone was talking about the VAR decision, mate, because we got exactly what we deserved. I hardly heard anyone talk to me about, oh my God, what a disgrace that VAR was, because we all know it's a disgrace. You know, I've already said on here loads of times it stands for very awful refereeing, because that's what it is, VAR. And I think that situation there changed the game now, because 
they were always going to play that way. We'd got what we deserved. I honestly don't think. Listen, if that were the goal would have been have been uh, allowed, and you can have the what if Lacazette would have put that in from three yards? What if we would have taken our chances? Yeah, we could have been four 0 up. Of course, football ain't like that. Yeah, it doesn't happen like that. We got exactly what we deserved. I don't want any Arsenal fans saying we should have won that game. That was disgraceful. I thought Sunday night, and now I want to move on to this next, um, this next or the next run of yeah, games yeah, yeah. and see a solution and see a solution. You know, that's all I want is well, move on you, to the next games honest- and see a solution. To be honest, the next game against Dundalk tomorrow night, um, uh, who are no mugs, okay? They're, 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 yes, the, the the League of Ireland Premier League, Premier League is, I think, at certain levels, some professionals, but you'll have semi-pros as well. Um, uh, I, I followed my team, um, Athlone Town, when I was a kid uh, in, in, over there uh, many years ago. Um it's a huge game for Mikel Arteta. There's huge question. No. Anything Questions other than the wrong... a complete steamroller, he'll get questioned. Unless we steamroll them 5 6 nil, he's going to be questions. We're not going to. We're I'm not just saying steamroll. that's what's going to happen. If he doesn't actually steamroller them uh, and make it look completely easy, he, there's going to be questions of why didn't we steamroller this uh, tiny little team from Ireland. Listen, shout out to Cahill O'Brien and John Cooney. Uh, Cahill is um, an Arsenal fan and, and he's a member of the Arsenal Fans Forum and also follows us and he's watching tonight. So hello, mate. Um, he's given me some information because he's he's born and bred Dundalk. Um, you know, Dundalk have played in, in lots of European football. Liverpool, Tottenham, Celtic, Porto, Eindhoven, Ajax, Red Star Belgrade, Split, uh, Warsaw, Zenit St. Petersburg. They've drawn against Tottenham. Okay, that doesn't say nothing. But the nickname is the Lily Whites. Um, you know, they've won uh, five out of the last seven years. And, and the two years that they didn't win the, 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 the League of Ireland Premier League, uh, Premier Division, was um, they came second. So these are no mugs, except for in 1982 when Athlone Town beat them in the League Cup to retain the League Cup. And I was there and we had our f- flags hanging out of the car. Beep, beep, beep. And the car all the way back then. I remember that. I agree with you that they're no mugs. I'm What's just that? saying that I agree with you that they're no mugs because they wouldn't be in the competition if they were mugs because they've gone through the qualifying stage, etc. But I'm just saying that that is going to be the narrative that's going to be played out if we don't steamroller this team. Because they are seen as the minnows and we're expected we are the mighty Arsenal and we should completely run you over. And if that doesn't happen, more questions are going to be coming up with these idiots coming up and questioning whether Arteta is the right man. He is now turning the cruise ship around. He's partially the way through. We just have to stay the course and keep with him and support the team and not always be on at the manager after five minutes. No, just I was going to say, didn't Dundalk just get beaten by the uh, bottom of the league? Cork. What's it, yeah. Cork City? Is it Cork, is it? I think so. Uh, Craig, I, won't, Craig won't be happy. That's, his, that's <laughs> his where he's from. Yeah, I don't know. That, I don't know if that's true or not. Like, well, that, I think that was in the playoff. That was in, in, in the FAI uh, Cup final. Oh, I've right, watched well. him, mate. I've no idea. <laughs> I've got a clue, mate. 
that that was in the FAI Cup final, like the equivalent to the FA Cup final at the end of the season. Their season runs funny because of the weather's uh, weird over there. Um, as I would know, uh, I'm I'm practically like you know on holidays in Africa here, living in this country all these years. Um, but uh, their um, their best player, Michael Duffy. Um, He's a huge Arsenal fan as well. So this is going to be a, a big thing for him. And as, as he said, they're going to up their game for this. They're at the Emirates Stadium, you know. And if their best player uh, and their main striker, the guy who did cock up against Cork, as it would happen, because he missed that penalty um, in the penalty shootout. That's why Cork and Craig were really happy. But, you know, they're, they're going to be up for it. And I don't I don't think... I don't think... Um, I don't think it's going to be. Like, we've put a prediction league up on on Arsenal fans form and guns in the yellow ribbons, and, and I'm looking at some of the ones on Arsenal fans form. People have gone six nil, eight nil, nine nil. I've gone four uh, one because I'm hoping that we put a strong enough side out that we can actually do a convincing win. But they were unlucky to lose two one. Uh, was it two one to Mould? Look at listen to this. Look how far Arsenal Football Club have come. <laughs> we're talking yeah, about it's just a, it was just this what Johnny was just saying a minute ago if we're not if we're not expecting oh, to steamroll you know it's, unbelievable, it's exactly what Johnny was just saying I agree this is how worrying it is I look at the situation and I think that we're against Dundalk in a competition which everyone says we need to we're going to be top four this season we're going to get Champions League back we are we are back to the Champions League and we're worried about Dundalk I just think we look at this situation in this group and we should not even be thinking about it we should be playing our under 23s against this side and winning 3 or 4 nil. it's a situation that we are finding ourselves in now that we want to be back in the Champions League if you want to be back in the Champions League and you're worried about Dundalk or Rapid Vienna you will not get through the group stages you will not get to the last 16 so a reality check is needed this Arsene Wenger players that Arteta seems to have loyalty to that he's still playing have never been good enough you know Kai put in the chat earlier that you know uh, Mustafi and Chaka, since they've come to us, we are now a Europa League league, league side because of those two players li- and others like them. And I totally agree. We have to try and, and get past that. And it's like cutting the, the Emirates Stadium with a pair of scissors. You'll do it, but it will take you time. That's what Arteta's got with this side. Yeah, no, it, that it, is it, what Arteta's got. It is time. Hang on, because hang on Danny. Said, went, since they began playing so, consistently, we've become a Europa so, League and, team. And, and... <laughs> there we go. That that's pathetic. That the fact that we're you, you're thinking of Mustafi and Xhaka playing consistently. Oh yeah, we're a Europa League team now. Oh mate, it's unbelievable. So this is where we 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 should be getting towards these Europa League sides now and be not thinking about it yet. We're, the Europa League, Ferg, should be February March. We start to look at it. And say, right, how serious yes. are we going to take this now? We shouldn't be looking at Rapid Vienna going, oh, I don't know, I could draw that one. Or Don Dork, not sure. Maybe maybe we'll nick it 1-0. This is how bad it's got. We have, It's mediocrity at its best. And fans forget. Fans forget that, you know, because it, time flies. And football, you know, is, is, is great when you're winning and it's poor when you're losing. And I think at the moment, we have to take a big look at ourselves because in the Europa League games... We're going into Rapid Vienna and Dundalk and we're not confident we're going to take three points. That's how bad things are. So as much as I agree with Johnny and I want to stick behind Arteta, I am going to start to ask some questions. And if I don't start to see solutions and I continue to see the loyalty shown towards players like Lacazette and Bellerin and Chaka and Mustafi, who have been in the team far too long from when Arsene Wenger left what's it, four seasons ago nearly, I think personally... We need to be trying to look at solutions. And if the solution is Smith Rowe, give him a chance. If the solution is Pepe down the centre or in the middle or Saka, then use somebody like that. Because at the moment, something has to change. 
as he says with Liverpool of five years ago, and I was to say on the back of that comment, um, and on the back of as your long as we're not buying the Carroll and... for a stupid amount of money, then I'll be happy with that. <laughs> no, we we definitely won't do that. Uh, but on 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 the back of the comments that you've made, Dan, and some of us have insinuated about, there's a huge test for Arteta. Arteta's one year into a three or four year uh, rebuilding program. Will will the fan base forget about the management because I think the management will probably buy into him because they'll listen and they don't listen to us. Will the fan base support him? Um, <laughs> yeah. Go on, John. <laughs> you take this management time. already believe in him because they've already given him a promotion from just a coach to a manager. So he's more in charge of uh, other aspects. Closer to the model we were supposedly coming away from with Arsene Menger, the all-encompassing, uh, let's say, director of all operations, not just the coach. So in terms of support from the club, I think he's got that. I mean, he's got the he's got signings that we needed. We're not going to change everything in one window. Everybody wants this, you know, ten players all lined up next to Arteta. It's just not going to happen. Yes, we mm. would have liked that one more missing piece, which I think we can all uh, agree was someone, if not exactly Awa, someone like that that can give us that missing well, piece. But now we need con- consistency. The, the issue we've got, we've got the elephant in the room. We've got Mesut Ozil on whatever money he's on. Fair play to the fella, but you know he he's taking up a spot. Okay, he's not picked in in, in our squads, but he's taking up a spot within the the the, 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 the overall grant. He's living. Live, forget his wages. He's living rent free in all of our bloody brains. Thinking about what if. Thinking about because it's the unknown. He he's a player that needs to be coddled. I I've been listening to the audio book of Arsene Wenger's book, right? And right at the end of the chapter that it talks about his time at Arsenal, he has a little thing about Ozil, and he says basically, I'm paraphrasing, but basically saying he needs to be coddled. He needs to be books. I'm not listening to this bit. He he needs an arm round and he he needs to be, uh, you know everything around him and made him feel good that he played well but we don't need that we we, we don't Arteta has left him out for footballing reasons but I think it's more to do with the way that he approaches yes he is a supremely talented player and yes we are playing him too too much money but the game has moved on we don't play with a 10 anymore and it's his attitude and the way he comes at games and the way he plays in a lazadaisical way, he, uh, Arsene Wenger says he doesn't play at 100 miles an hour. That's fine, but Arteta has these non-negotiables. He can't fulfil those non-negotiables, so therefore it is a footballing reason. We need to stop talking about Ozil. Talk about the players who are registered to play and who are able to play, and no one else. No, I, Forget everybody no, else. I just, I just brought him into the conversation, not to discuss him in, in great detail, detail, but because he's taken up a slot and that slot is the creative sort of midfielder role that we need. And whoever it be, be it Aaron Ramsey, be it um, uh, OR, be it um, Ozil, whoever, we need we need a player in, in that slot because it just didn't work at the weekend uh, with having Sabias who should have been in that role, but he was, he was, as Dan said, in a flat line across a back, uh, like 
a back seven almost. <laughs> you know, it, it was ridiculous. Can I just, can I just ask quick? Um, when did Tobias become this assister, this great assister that everyone seems to he's be thinking not. of? He's, 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 not, he's not, not, but he's, an assister. He's, he's an not. He's, he's, he's not our he's creative player. He's not a creative player. He yeah. is that guy who I hate. I hate this term, but he pre-assists the assist. Yeah, he's no, that no, no, guy. You know, 100%, not 100%. no, but I'm, I'm just saying in general because I've seen it on forums and everything else that yeah, no, no, uh, the bios is this great bloody assist or he, he can provide them things, but he is not that player. 100% agree. He's, he, he's not a creative midfielder, but he is somebody that will connect with somebody who could be William in the 10 role or whatever. The, the, mm. the, he needs to bring the ball from the, 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 the defence to the forward midfield and onto the forwards and, and they make the runs. Yeah, he's he's not going to be, although he has given assists and stuff like that. Listen, um, Dan, wind this up. Um, thoughts on tomorrow and goal uh, score predictions? I've gone for one Arsenal. I think we'll concede just because it's one of those teams that will just be coming there to do all they can to get a goal at the Emirates Stadium. So I think that's what will probably happen. But uh, listen, it, it's a it's a situation that I think we have to win. Um, no matter what team we put out, we need to take the points. Um, and it should be a game that we just shouldn't even be worrying about. So I've gone for 3-1. It'd be interesting to see what sort of team he does pick because I think we're struggling at the back. I think we have literally got Mustafi and Gabriel and that is it. Um, so, you know, I'd, I want to see Saliba. I see Wes Fofana against Leicester come in. Why can't Saliba? Um, people talk about off the field stuff. Go and sort yourself out for a few weeks and come back and get yourself ready then because we need you, mate. Because at the moment, we have got nobody else. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the midfield and up front and what free front free goes with. I expect to see a couple of players like the Willocks and Inketis to be moulded into the mix. Uh, but like I say, Gabriel Mustafi will play and I expect Leno too as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Maitland Niles um, and a few of the other lads. But for me, I'm going Arsenal 3-1. John, um prediction and idea what you think how we go briefly i think we're going to have a like dan says a few smatterings of the kids i reckon reese nelson's going to get a start uh maitland niles i hope comes in so i reckon we're going to cut uh, concede as well so i think i'm thinking around about a three one something like that mm. mike uh yeah i went for two nil uh arsenal win but you know, I just that's the way I feel about that one. I agree with the guys that it's probably gonna you're gonna see some kids in there, but that like we said about the defence, it's gonna have to be that I say solid defence with Gabriel and uh Mustafi, but I don't know how solid Mustafi is, but yeah, I hope I hope we do see Maitland Niles on that right hand side and not Suarez. Um we ain't got no other choice. <laughs> Who else like Cedric can play at centre half apparently. Oh God! Anybody listening to the audio? I just put a, a statement there from Kai. Kai said we shouldn't really be playing Gabriel tomorrow. Fabinho got injured last night for Liverpool because he's, they're playing him too much. And I think there's an element of that happened with a lot of players. They are being overplayed, um, and with the short, with the the, the, the fractured season last season, then they're coming back, and then there was a short summer break. Um, or whatever break it was. Um, but yeah, um, Mike, I was also, yeah, also going to say, like, I hope we see Smith Rowe playing tomorrow as well. I think that'd be quite yeah. nice to see 
you know, give him a shout, give him a give him a chance, and obviously with play, players like Saka and uh, and Ketia, I think Ketia needs to the game time. He needs to get that confidence up because someone needs to not Lacazette Lacazette off that perch. I, well, I hope that Lacazette's left out the day squad. But if you do look at who we could play tomorrow, Saka on the left, um, uh, Defro Records in the middle, Reese Nelson on the right, and Enketiar up front. That mm. excites me because we've got some really good, talented players. I listened to uh, an up-and-coming uh, Next Big Thing uh, podcast about young players, and Smith Rowe is very, very highly regarded. Across, he done, he done, he done well. Uh, he done well at He done well. At, well, well at, he did very well. He was basically their best player. Yeah, he and was. he does. He does. He does deserve his run out. Trevor uh, in the comments is in a really bad mood. He hasn't gone for his traditional four nil. Um, he's gone for a one-one draw. Jesus, Trev, get that water leak sorted. Pelvic floor exercises, mate. Pelvic floor exercises. See, I, like look, the comment, I like the comment from Matthew there. That Matthew is it Barham? I'm sorry if I got your name wrong, but Trev meant eleven nil. That sounds about right. Uh, right, listen. Um, we will be back. There's a lot of couple of comments in there about the Man United game, and Mike Dean referring the Man United game on Sunday. We will be doing a preview show. Uh, Amanda from Highbury, uh, Highbury Squad will be joining myself, Trev, and maybe another uh, one of our guests, depending on availability, um, for a half hour, 45 minutes, uh, just before the, the lineups are released. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm really unlucky. Uh, I've done it a bit too late. Um, as I said, Carl O'Brien, who uh, was watching here, and John Clooney, and there's also uh, another gooner from Dundalk. Uh, who will be in the programme, which is Shane McKenna. Um, uh, he's a, a Dundalk uh, born and bred guy, and he's he's interviewed in the um, in the programme. Uh, and uh, some of them know some of the, the Dundalk squad, and I was really trying to get one of the other, one of the players or the captains come on for five or ten minutes. Um, but uh, unfortunately, they're, they're training in the Emirates Stadium until about 7.45 tonight that we're training, and then they've had media work either side, so that didn't work out. Maybe after the game next week or something like that we'll ask them what it was like or maybe if we can get to speak to them it's been really uh enjoyable guys uh thank you for joining us uh remember if you are watching on youtube which most of you don't but have a go go on to the, our youtube channel click the like button follow us sub subscribe to us on there uh, and you get us either here on facebook uh, on guns and yellow ribbons on there you YouTube. Go, Fergus, you've got you've got a guy there look mate sorry to interrupt mate but steve said there oh, he's free and it's his birthday get him on the show get him oh, on big steve big steve big steve on on sunday yeah of course then steve there you go you're in steve we'll see you sunday there you go right you have been watching guns and yellow ribbons an arsenal podcast by arsenal fans for arsenal fans uh, only one last thing to say here guys up the arse and remember November thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and remember to rate and review us too